morning. How are y'all doing this morning? Good, good, good. It's good to see you here this morning, uh, especially on this July 4 weekend. Uh, yes, we've, we've made it, we've made it, made it to another one, haven't we? But it is a blessing to see all of y'all this morning, and I greet you with, uh, in the name of God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. And I love you. There's nothing you can do about it. So announcements this morning. We do have the new upper rooms in the back. They started uh, the 1st of July, so if you would like to grab those, go ahead and grab those. Um, for anybody who uh, needs one that isn't here and you know they need one, go ahead and grab one for them and hand it over to them this week. Um, so be aware of that. Uh, on July 12th, UMW meeting. Uh, we will have the first UMW meeting at 7 o'clock here at the Fellowship Hall. Uh, and they are looking forward to starting things back up uh, and figuring out what's coming up and what's going on for the fall. So uh, United Methodist Women meeting July 12th, 7 o'clock. Uh, on July 18th, we will be starting our new round of moving back to getting back inside all the way. So on, no, on July 18th, We'll do a 9 a.m. service here in the Arbor. We'll have Sunday school at 10, and then we'll have 11 o'clock inside worship. Uh, the worship services will be pretty much the same inside and out. Uh, the biggest difference will just be how the music is done. Uh, out here, we will have all music that is played just through the sound system. Uh, inside, Donna has agreed to, to want to come to that one, so she's going to be playing inside for us for that one. So those are really going to be the only differences. Liturgies will be the same. Sermons will be the same. Uh, it's just the music's going to be a little bit different. So you're able to choose if you want to be outside or if you want to be inside starting July 18th. Uh, so be aware of that. As always, our prayer labyrinth is still on the basketball court for anyone that wants to walk uh, that in and out for prayer time. Uh, and we also have this beautiful space here that is always set up and ready for anyone to come and sit and be in prayer. Uh, are there any other announcements this morning? All right, seeing no other announcements this morning, let us begin our time in opening prayer. So let us pray. Divine Summoner, through your voice we understand who you created us to be. Through your voice we understand our calling. Through your persistent presence we find resilience. May we contently embrace our vulnerabilities. May we boldly claim our past. And may we find our future with determination and grace. Amen. Our song of preparation this morning is Savior Like a Shepherd Lead Us. Uh, on the inside of your hymnal are printed the words if you would like to sing along.
As we continue this morning, we now take time to offer our joys and our concerns up to the Lord in prayer, and we offer this time to lift those up so that as a body of Christ, we can pray with and for one another. Uh, This morning, we do have an updated prayer list uh, uh, at the back, and I will get that out by email later today, Uh, so be aware of those. Uh, that are on that list that we may have taken off or put on, and if there's anyone that needs to be removed from that list because of a blessing, we are grateful to do that. Um, but we also want to add those who we continue need to continue to need to pray for. Um, this morning, I have been told of two people uh, that we need to pray for: Maya Thompson uh, and Angie Britt. Maya is having surgery on her tonsils. Maya, Maya Harrison, I don't know why I wrote, I, I tell you, if I don't write it down, I forget, and I, I took too long to write it down, so thank you, uh, and then uh, Angie Britt has got some uh, spots on her nose that she's having removed, um, uh, and they've got to determine for sure what those are, so be aware of those two. Are there any others to add this morning? Yes, yes. Any others? Well, let us take our joys and concerns to the Lord in prayer this morning. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we have once again come to gather to worship, to praise you in our song, in our listening, in our hearing of the scriptures. Lord, as we have gathered this day, We gather on the day that we celebrate a nation, uh, a nation's independence, a nation's birth. And Lord, we ask that you continue to be with this nation as we continue to grow and mature. Help us to see where we are wrong and help us to make what what needs to be made right, right. Lord, as we come this morning, we come on this day. We come as a day of worship because this is the day that we gather for that. We come with heavy hearts or we come with joyful hearts. We come with worries and pains. But Lord, we know that you can take care of all of these. Lord, we have so many names on our list. It takes up a whole half a page. But you know each and every one of these names by heart. You know each follicle on their heads. And we are thankful for that. Because no matter what we can do or what the doctors, nurses, or anyone else that is taking care of them can, you can do everything. And we are thankful. So Lord, we put our trust in you. Our trust to heal those who need a healing, to give peace to those who are sorrowful, who are tired, who are weary, who need rest. Lord, we rejoice with those who have had a blessing, who have had a miracle, who have had a healing. Lord, as we continue this day, we come with open arms, with open ears and open hearts. And we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, and we pray it with the saints and the sinners that pray this a lot. Because a lot of times we have no words. 
because this morning we join in a chorus of voices that pray this prayer and that have prayed it for many, many years. So we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power. Our Psalter reading this morning comes from Psalm 48. So let us read this psalm together. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God. His holy mountain, beautiful in elevation, is the joy of all the earth. Mount Zion in the far north, the city of the great ruler. In its citadels, God has proven a sure defense. For lo, the kings assembled, they marched together. As soon as they saw it, they were astounded, and they were in panic. They took to flight. Trembling took hold of them there, anguish as a woman in travail. As we have heard, so have we seen in the city of the Lord of hosts, in the city our God, which God establishes forever. Who has thought in your steadfast love, God, in the midst of your temple. As your name, O God, so your praise reaches to the ends of the earth. Let the daughters of Judah rejoice because of your judgments. Walk out about Zion, go round about it, number its towers. Consider well its ramparts, go through its citadels, that you may tell the next generation. This is our God, our God forever and ever. God will be. As we continue this morning, we are always thankful and blessed for all those who have given so much to love joy for this community, for this worship, for this ministry to continue. So as we are thankful for each and, one, each and every gift, offering, tithe, or anything that has been given, let me offer this prayer over those offerings. Let us pray. Despite the sufferings and challenges on our journeys, your power transcends human weakness. We celebrate your generosity by sharing treasures, talents, and time along the way. No matter where we travel on which hardships we face, we sing your name in every corner of the earth. With our songs of praise, we share our gifts with your creation. Our message text this morning comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, verses 1 through 13. Jesus 
left that place and came to his hometown. His disciples followed him. On the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue. Many who heard him were surprised. Where did this man get all this? What's the wisdom he's been given? What about the powerful acts accomplished through him? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't he Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? They were repulsed by him and fell into sin. Jesus said to them, Prophets are honored everywhere except in their own hometowns, among their relatives, and in their own households. He was unable to do any miracles there except that he placed his hands on a few sick and healed them. He was appalled by their disbelief. Then Jesus traveled through the surrounding villages teaching. He called for the twelve and sent them out in pairs. He gave them authority over unclean spirits. He instructed them to take nothing for the journey except a walking stick, no bread, no bags, and no money in their belts. He told them to wear sandals, but not to put on two shirts. He said, whatever house you enter, remain there until you leave that place. If a place doesn't welcome you or listen to you, as you leave, shake the dust off your feet as a witness against them. So they went out and proclaimed that people should change their hearts and lives. They cast out many demons, and they anointed many sick people with olive oil and healed them. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord God, we have sung your praises. We have offered our prayers. We have heard and read your scriptures And now may we hear your message. May our hearts be open, our ears be listening, and our eyes see your presence. So may the words of your servant's mouth and the meditations of our heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So we are continuing this journey with Jesus Jesus has just left the place where he healed a little girl. And now he's going home. He's come home to the place where he grew up. To a place that was very familiar to him because this is where he spent most of his life. And I wonder what kind of homecoming that was. Especially because he had 12 disciples tagging along with him. Now, can we imagine this homecoming? Jesus coming into town, his mom hearing that he's here going out to greet him, his brother James, Joseph, Judas, Simon, and his sisters coming together to see him. But was it a pleasant homecoming? How did they react to what Jesus had been doing? What was talked about or argued over? What was the family dynamic at this point? So to understand a little bit, let's talk about what the family dynamics of this time were. You see, in this time, it was custom for the oldest child 
to take over the family business. And the family business of Jesus' family was carpentry. So he was to be a carpenter. He probably grew up in his dad's shop, in Joseph's shop. He probably knew how to swing a hammer and turn a piece of wood before he knew how to walk very well. Jesus knew what it was to work with his hands and to produce something that was valued in the community. But here Jesus is, having left his family, gone out to preach and teach in the synagogues, coming home back to his earthly family. Yet he's not following the rules. He has walked away from being a carpenter. So exactly how is the family taking this? Do they expect something out of him now that he has returned? Or are they listening to what he's got to say and what they've heard him say and do from all over the place? But it's not just the family that helps raise the child. The community also helps. We've heard the adage, it takes a village to raise a child. It does. It does, because the village is also there to help that child learn. Because the child doesn't always listen to their parents. So we have this dynamic of community, of family that is supposed to be lived out. But, but Jesus is not. And we see in the passages today, we see how the community reacts to Jesus' teaching. We don't really know what the family's thinking is. In some of the scriptures, it tells us that they come out and try to stop him and bring him home. And, but we don't get a lot else other than that. But here we hear the community's response to Jesus' teaching in the synagogue. Where did this man get all this? What's this wisdom he's been given? What about the powerful acts accomplished through him? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't he Mary's son and brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? Then the scriptures tell us after they asked all these questions, they were repulsed by what Jesus was doing. And they fell into sin. They were repulsed at Jesus teaching in the synagogue in his hometown. So we have Jesus here being judged by the very people he grew up around. Here in this place of familiarity, Jesus is judged and rejected for his teachings and his healing. Because they can't see beyond the little boy that they saw grow up. But what is it about familiarity that breeds contempt, as the saying goes? Jesus' rejection in his hometown of Nazareth proves that old adage to be true. After performing great miracles on both shores, the fact that the townsfolk 
are not expecting to see little Jesus who grew up around the corner or Jesus the carpenter who had fashioned their tables and benches in the role of a wise prophet of God. Obviously, his teaching astounds them, but it also strikes a nerve with them. Because this is not the Jesus that they remember. In other words, they reason it is still the Jesus we have always known, and we know he is just one of us, not any miracle worker. Now surely this is not a flattering portrait of this community in Nazareth or of Jesus himself. The people come across as mean-spirited, jealous, and even mocking. And Jesus responds to their fickleness with his own barbed words, words that have made their way into common parlance or jargon. Prophets are honored everywhere, except in their own hometowns, among their relatives, and in their own households. This charged exchange between Jesus and the townsfolk is a stark reminder of the humanity of both the neighbors and of Jesus himself. So as we see this story, let's bring it into a perspective for us. How would we have reacted had we been in the position of the characters portrayed? What would we think about a neighbor whom we believe to be just an ordinary, hard-working man turning into a miraculous teacher, let alone the reputed Son of God? Now, I will venture to guess that we would all probably share in some skepticism. After all, we tend to see what we expect to see and are slow to accept challenges to our preconceived assumptions. Now, the townspeople of Nazareth accept, expect to see the Jesus they have always known, the only one who seems no different from them. When Jesus preaches with wisdom and performs deeds of power, the people of Nazareth cannot see beyond their own limited view of him. So the questions posed to us then are whom do we take for granted? What wisdom, what deeds of power are we missing because we make judgments about how and through whom God's work can be done? We live in a world that separates and classifies people on so many different levels and by so many different things. And as Christians, we are called not to live into these labels. We are called not to see people in groups, but we're called to see the individuals. But how often do we as Christ followers... Let these labels make judgments for us. To make judgments before we get to know the person. And the second question is, how are we tearing down labels, removing prejudices, 
and understanding privileges. Now, throughout my life, I have fallen into this very system of seeing people as groups and labeling them based on what I know about those groups. And it took a while for me to understand how the other side felt. But through God and Christ and friends that introduced me to friends that introduced me to friends, I found out what was happening and what I was doing. I began to look more at the other side and look for understanding to how they lived. I began to see the person and not the label. I began to understand the homeless and the discriminated those who were different from me. And I discovered how bad it really was. And how bad I had really been. Holding people to the standards and understandings of their labels was wrong. But I learned to quit looking at the labels that don't matter, and looking at the only label that does. And that is child of God. That their worth is because they're a child of God. I can tell you, I'm still working on it. I still struggle. I still have problems. I'm still human. But I'm working on it. People have to remind me. But I do my best to look at each and every person that I meet and see them as a child of God. When Jesus returned to his hometown, he carried the label of carpenter. You enjoying the sermon, little guy? He had the label of son, and he had the label of brother. And no one in that community saw much beyond that. And that is why Jesus was rendered powerless. You stay up here, we don't want a Mississippi squirrel moment, okay? You see, Jesus was rendered powerless because of the unbelief and the lack of faith that the people had in his hometown. He struggles with his limitations of his full humanity because those who doubt his calling. But Jesus' powerlessness is not primarily about him, but about us, about those who are unwilling to believe the great things God can do. So even among the unbelief, Jesus is still able to heal a few sick people. He persisted. He kept trying to do the work of his Father. 
word for us in this text is that we are not held responsible for the response to our ministries in Christ's name. But we are held responsible for our faithfulness. We can't be held responsible for those who refuse to listen and be welcoming. But we can be held responsible for not going and telling the story. The rest of the story today is about sending out of the twelve and the authority that Jesus gives them and the things that they did in Jesus' name. And the instruction of what to do if they are not welcome, if they're not heard. He told them to shake the dust off of your feet and move on. Go to the next place. He didn't say hang around and berate them. He didn't say hang around and tell them you're going to hell because you don't believe. He told them to go and love them and tell them the truth in love. To heal those who were sick. And to cast out demons. And to tell the truth. The truth of what they know. And they shared this out of love. They didn't share this out of hatred. They didn't share this out of wanting people to convert just to get numbers. They shared it because Jesus said, go love the people. We share the love that God has for us. That's what we're called to do. We have to share it to all of God's children. You remember the song growing up, red, yellow, black, and white, all are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. And we may be older than children, but we are still children of God. Everything that we do should be in love. The love of Christ. We should share that because we love people. Whether we like them or not, whether we approve of who they are or what they've done. We are called to love and not to judge. So what are we blinded by? What are we taking granted? And how are we going out and sharing the love? So with every move we make, let's share truth and love from our hearts in our own words, and let us never, never be ashamed of who we are and to whom we belong.
the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our song of invitation this morning is it's called Every Move I Make, and this is a favorite song among the youth that we go and mentor to. But this song is one that talks about us and it talks about Jesus. But it also has some movements. So if you see me and Jana up here dancing away, we, we invite you to try to copy us if you feel like it. Uh, but listen to the words. Let the music and the rhythm speak to your heart. And if you feel like moving, let's move around just a little bit and praise God with our So let us sink every move we make.
Waves of mercy, waves of grace. Everywhere I look, I see your face. Love, 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 love. As we end our time together of worship here this day and go and celebrate, have fun and be with family and have good food, let us now offer this benediction and depart in peace. So let us do the benediction together. Let us delight in the steadfast love of God as we share our weaknesses or celebrate our strength. Let us rejoice in God's glory as we rejoice in our individual and our communal calling. Let us sing of God's name as we journey throughout God's great earth. Let us remember God who guides our path. May the divine image dance within us forever. And may the forces of evil become confused on the way to your house.